Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yan, and today is lesson number four as we're discussing Matthew chapter 24 and chapter 25. We'll talk today about the beginning of the tribulation, how it comes to pass, and God's great method of evangelizing during the time of the tribulation. You ready for this? Let's go to the Word of God. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello, and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. What a blessing it is to be with you. And you know, for the past three days, we've been taking up Matthew chapter 24 and Matthew chapter 25 and giving you literally up until now the background of it. We just in this last uh, lesson took up the third in the third lesson, uh, Jesus coming into Matthew chapter 24 and the way the chapters laid out in chronological order. And they began with three questions. And the three questions are found here at the opening of chapter 24, verses one through three. And this is when Jesus departed out of the temple, left the temple, never went back to it again, sat down with his disciples and started answering their questions of which they asked three questions. Question number one, when shall these things be? When shall what things be? When will not one stone be left on another? Because that's what Jesus said. Not one stone will be left upon another. And they're thinking, is this like, you know, 400 years away, 500 years away? He says, no, you'll see it. And 40 years from that date is when it happened in 70 AD when Titus and the Roman legions came in and the dispersion began. The dispersion was the Jews being chased into all their parts of the world. Persecution sent them into the different parts of the world, but the final destruction of the temple really caused it to happen. And question number one, Question number two, what will be the sign of your coming is not the rapture of the church. The sign of his coming is the second coming of Jesus to the earth to establish his kingdom. The church will have been removed seven years before by the rapture. And the rapture is not taught in these verses of scripture because it was part of the mystery. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 51, behold, I show you a mystery. You shall not all sleep, but you shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. The rapture was not taught in the Old Testament. Jesus mentioned it one time with no teaching on it in the four gospels. But by the time that the uh, book of Acts comes along and the church age begins, then the rapture of the church is taught quite often in the New Testament epistles. Because again, the church age, when it ends, will end dramatically by the church being removed. So the second question, what will be the sign of your coming, is of the second coming of Jesus to the earth to establish his kingdom on this earth and to rescue the Jewish nation at the time of the battle of Armageddon. And question number three, what will be the sign of the end of the age is not the church age. It is the age of Israel, which was interrupted by the cross. And God just simply took, and if Jesus was crucified at the end of Daniel's 69th week, and there's still one more week or seven more years left to be fulfilled in Jewish time, and God just separated those two. And between those two, Daniel's 69th week and Daniel's 70th week, God has inserted the church age, and there's been a 2,000-year gap so far between the Daniel 69th and 70th week, but the 70th week will be fulfilled. This is all found in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. So question number one, in this chapter here, when shall these things be? This is recorded in Luke. Luke 21, verses 20 through 24, Jesus answered the first question. He answered all at the same time. Matthew just recorded the answer to question two and three. Question one, Luke recorded the answer to it. Question two, what will be the sign of your coming is found here in chapter 24, 
verses 27 through 51. What will be the sign of the end of the age of the Jewish age will be found in verses 9 through 26. And so that's where we're beginning. Now, in verses 4 through 8, this is where we're going to begin today. Jesus will talk about the church age, but not call it the church age. Basically, a preview to the coming of the tribulation, which will be found in verse 9. Then they'll deliver you up into tribulation. But verse four through eight is is the day we're living in today. And living from the time that Jesus quit talking and was ascended into heaven later on in, in 50 days later at the fe- before the Feast of Pentecost, Jesus will be taken out of here. But in that time period, when the church age began, these verses now are going to speak to that time period. Without calling it the church age, Jesus says, here's what's gonna to happen to you guys, okay? Jesus answered and said to them in verse four, them are the 12 sitting around him. Take heed that no man deceive you. So this can happen during the time where there's deception out today, false prophets out today. We're warned of it in the book of First John about the false prophets out today. And Paul warned us of it, and Jesus is now warning it. It says in verse five, for many will come in my name. Boy, is that happening today. And given prophecies that aren't even in line with the scripture and talking about things that aren't even found in scripture. Verse five, for many, you can understand underline that word many. I mean, if you look out on the internet today, there's many calling themselves prophets that come to tell us what's gonna happen in the future, but it contradicts the word of God. These are false prophets. For many will come in my name saying, I am Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Wars are hot wars. Rumors of wars are cold wars, and they're happening all around us all the time. Periods of peace only last so long, and there's other wars that come along. We will not have worldwide peace until the Prince of Peace comes back at the ending of the tribulation, at the beginning of the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. You will hear of wars. That's hot wars. Rumors of wars are cold wars. See that you're not troubled for all these things must come to pass. Folks, we're gonna see hardships. Before Jesus comes back, we're gonna see hardships. These are not things that Jesus died for. Doesn't mean you have a license to sin now and sickness doesn't come from God. We'll see times of of sickness in the earth and stuff around us, but you know what? This verse is simply saying God will protect you from that, but he's not gonna protect you from hard times. Hard times around, the afflictions of life are all around us. Paul went through them, Peter went through them, and they warned us these things would come to pass. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Verse seven, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There's two things brought out here. Nation against nation is like the United States against some other nation or, or you know, North Korea, South Korea. These are two nations rising up against each other. Nations will rise against other nations. But notice this kingdom against kingdom, and that's what we're seeing today. The kingdom of Satan against the kingdom of Jesus Christ. This is where religious philosophies come in. And religions call themselves followers of God, yet they murder Christians and they kill children and they kill families. And this is what this verse is saying. That is kingdom against kingdom. Then he goes on to say, we're going to see this happen in our time period. There will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in different places. And he goes on to say in verse eight, all these are the beginnings of sorrow. Uh-uh. The Greek word is birth pangs. Why are all these things happening? Why are we seeing today famines and pestilence and earthquakes? Why are we seeing the rise of war? In the time we're yelling out for more peace, wars are occurring. Why are we seeing that? Because all these are the beginnings of birth pangs. They are described for the church age during Romans chapter eight, verses 22 and verse 23, that 
the earth is pregnant. And before the time of the birth of the child, the earth is pregnant, not with terrible things. The earth is pregnant with the millennial reign of Jesus Christ and every earthquake, tornado, every hurricane that comes along, every tsunami that comes along, pestilence, famines, all these things that come along are simply a birth pang indicating the kingdom is coming. During those times, we need to look at them and say, yes, this looks bad because any birth pang, a woman will tell you, doesn't feel good. But she knows it's the next step in what's coming. And every time we see these things happening, we ought to stand back and say, thank God our redemption draws nigh. The coming kingdom of Jesus Christ is coming and the birth pangs will be at their worst during the seven years of tribulation. That's when the birth pangs get so close together and finally the earth delivers. The millennial reign of Jesus Christ, a brand new earth that God will come back to and Jesus Christ will rule and reign over. God will come back and rule over this earth again, remove all the curses from it. And then later on at the end of the uh, millennial reign of Jesus Christ, he'll usher in a brand new earth and renovate this earth that we see around us. In other words, the future looks great and it looks great for the church because Jesus is coming for the church at the rapture. It looks great for the earth because after seven years of tribulation, Jesus Christ will personally come and rule from this earth and rule on this earth for a thousand years. All right, let's go through that again. He said, take heed that no one deceive you. Those of you watching, take heed. In other words, you don't have to be deceived. It says, take heed so no man can deceive you. And that means anyone coming say, I'm Jesus. I've come to bring redemption. Or others saying, we've heard from Jesus, but it doesn't line up with the word of God. Let the word of God be. How do you take heed that no one deceives you? Know and live by the word of God and let it be your highest standard and everything falls or rises because of what the word of God has to say. Because why? Many will come in my name, in the name of Jesus, say, I am Jesus, I am Christ, and they will deceive many. And I mean, the followers of people today that call themselves Christians, veering off from the word of God are huge today. I'm not talking about just some minor doctrine. I'm talking about major deceiving from the word of God, major leaving of the word of God to go after things, exalting themselves, exalting certain nations. When God exalts only one nation, that's the nation of Israel. You want to know what's going on in prophecy? Go to the Jewish nation and the city of Jerusalem. That again is what... Uh, that's what was said back in Daniel. We talked about 70 weeks are on your people in your holy city. Then he went on to say, you'll hear of wars, rumors of wars. They're going to increase. And don't be troubled. All these things must, must come to pass. Why? Because the end is not yet. Jesus will come back. Nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in different places. And all these are the beginnings of birth pangs. And the tribulation now begins in verse nine. What happens between verse eight and verse nine is the rapture of the church. Why is it mentioned? Because it was a mystery. They would not have understood it. Jesus mentioned some things about to come in the mystery of which he told them in Matthew chapter 16. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm sure they looked at each other and said, what's the church? There's times when Jesus brought up some things yet to come. They didn't understand it. Even we talked about the outpouring of the spirit on the day of Pentecost in chapter two of the book of Acts. I'm sure they nod their head and went, uh-huh, right, what's this coming? And when they experienced it, suddenly they had revelation to understand we're in a whole new time period. And that time period is the church age. But in verse nine, then, then when, when the church age is over, the rapture has occurred before that time, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. You are the Jewish nation. You are the Jews. Notice this, this what's happening is, is he simply says from the worldview around us and all the things going on around us, then it's going to come back to Satan's going to zero in on the nation of Israel. 
and on the city of Jerusalem. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. Underline the word afflicted. The Greek word means into tribulation. They shall deliver you into tribulation. The tribulation begins in verse nine and will kill you. It seems like Satan and the world is headed toward the destruction of Jerusalem and the killing of Jews like never before. But God promises it will not succeed totally. No, there'll be many Jews killed, many were killed around the world. But what God's simply saying, the nation of Israel will continue and the Jewish people will continue. The city of Jerusalem will continue. He goes on to say, they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and will kill you. Notice what the next phrase says, and you will be hated of all nations for my namesake. This has not yet come to pass. It's close. If Israel has one friend today, it's the United States of America. They may have some other friends, but I don't know much about them. But this verse says, when the tribulation begins, you'll be hated of all nations for my namesake. Why? Why is this brought out? They'll be hated of all nations for my namesake. God is simply using this at this time. God doesn't make all nations hate Israel, but he uses it. Why is it important for Israel to be hated of all nations for my namesake? It's because up until now, they've had nations they can turn to and depend on. At that time, they will totally, 100% have to trust in God. They will have no friends. He says again at that verse of scripture, uh, then many will be offended. He said, you'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Then, then when? Then at the beginning of the tribulation. Remember again, what we're talking about here is chapter 24 and chapter 25 is in chronological order. I will see you right after the break. Understanding the end times, one of the most incredible and fascinating doctrines in the word of God will bring us comfort for the days in which we live. The Bible says we are to encourage and exhort one another with the knowledge of Jesus returning for his saints. In Understanding the End Times, Pastor Bob Yandian provides a thorough and exciting study to give you more revelation of these times in which we live. Topics include the seven dispensations, the dispensation of the mystery, the rapture of the church, the judgment seat of Christ, Daniel's 70 weeks, the Temple Discourse, the Tribulation, the Second Coming, the Millennial Reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. To order Understanding the End Times, visit bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. 
If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. I love what I do. I really get into these scriptures. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 24. Take a look with me at verse nine. Then, then when at the beginning of the, here verse nine is where the tribulation begins. Verses four through eight is the church age. But in verse nine, between verse eight and verse nine, the rapture occurs. And the tribulation, which is the last of the birth pangs, the most intense of the birth pangs before the deliverance of the millennial reign of Jesus Christ comes because the earth is pregnant with the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. The church is pregnant. Romans chapter eight tells us that. Not only is the earth pregnant, the church is pregnant. The church is pregnant with the rapture of the church, the coming of Jesus Christ. The earth is pregnant with the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. In verse nine, the tribulation begins. The rapture has occurred. Not one Christian for a split second, not one Christian is on this earth. Antichrist displays himself. And then immediately after that, 144,000 Jews received Jesus as Lord and Savior, 12,000 out of each of the 12 tribes. As the whole earth shifts back again to Jewish time for seven more years. At the beginning of the tribulation, we take up right at, right at the same place that Israel was at the time of the crucifixion. Remember again, Daniel's 69th week and 70th week have been separated like this. The church age was placed in between. When the church is removed, Israel will go back to the same condition it was at the time of the crucifixion of Jesus. It's like the church age never occurred. We shifted right back over to the 70th week and Israel will again be under Roman control. At the time that Jesus was on the cross, Israel was under Roman control. And what happens is, is that soon as Jesus Christ is gone, Israel will enter into a seven-year treaty with the Roman Empire, the revived Roman Empire, be back under their control. And again, we come back to that. So it's like the church never happened and jumps right over into this. And so again, then verse nine, they shall deliver you up to be afflicted. They is the, is the leadership of the world and they're gonna deliver you up to be afflicted. The Greek word here is into tribulation. Then when the church is gone, they shall deliver you up into tribulation and will kill you. You'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake, of which right now Israel has a few friends, or at least one friend. I don't know of anybody else beside the United States, but says here, you'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Verse 10, and then, then when, then when the tribulation begins, many will be offended. Many Jews will betray one another. Jews turning against Jews. Remember, Daniel's 70th week is the time of the prophecy for the nation of Israel. Daniel 70 weeks is the time of Israel's uh, time period of hatred by other nations, all nations, and the time of their tribulation. And the Lord's going to be with them during this time to deliver them out of the worst time period that ever existed. Many will be offended and then betray one another and will hate one another. Verse 11, many false prophets will rise up and will deceive many. And because iniquity, verse 12, the word iniquity means lawlessness. And because lawlessness will abound. Listen, we're seeing lawlessness today. No regard for the law. You know, they'll go out and break, you say, but then the law, and you know what? It's because even law keepers don't care anymore. Those who guard the law, even police departments, mayors and, and national, uh, gov- uh, national leadership, you know, they don't care anymore. They just want their end and they will literally turn their eyes against lawlessness. And it says, because that lawlessness will abound. It says, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will turn cold. Love here is the Greek word agape. 
and simply indicates even believers during the time of the tribulation, those who give their life to Jesus after the rapture has occurred and they're starting to walk with Jesus because they're surrounded by lawlessness everywhere, they're gonna wanna give up. This is crazy. I'm trying to live for Jesus. I'm trying to live a holy life and all this iniquity, this lawlessness is going on around me. And they're become after a while tired and just give up. But it goes on to say in verse 13, but he that will endure to the end, the same will be saved. Oh, let me qualify that because we've had congregations, we've had teachings today, and especially in legalistic churches, where they say, well, you know, the Bible says, unless you endure to the end, you won't be saved. This is not referring to the church, and this is not referring to grit your teeth and live for Jesus so you go to heaven. This has nothing to do with going to heaven. The Jews that will endure to the end of the tribulation, the same will be spared and go into the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. There's going to be hundreds of thousands and perhaps millions of people on the earth and in the nation of Israel that will endure the tribulation, last all the way. There's going to be martyrs during the tribulation, hundreds of thousands to millions of people being killed around the world. But what's also going to happen, there's going to be some saved during the tribulation that will put their full trust in God. And later on in this chapter, some of the ways that the Jews can be saved and spared in the tribulation, when it says he that endures to the end will be saved, it is not referring to salvation and going to heaven. It's being spared in this earth from the tribulation, from Antichrist and even with Satan's wildest things going on, there's still a ways around it by, by following after the word. At the end of the tribulation, many will have been saved during the tribulation, come to the end of the tribulation, and they're going to be spared to go into the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Because the tribulation period, those that are saved there, these people have regular normal bodies. They'll go into the millennium and they'll have children. We will come back with the Lord in resurrection bodies. We can't have children. We're not even married in resurrection bodies. We'll come back to this earth to rule and reign with Jesus Christ. But those who have normal bodies will start having children by the increased millions. And by the end of the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, there'll be so many people on the earth and the earth can handle all of them. We're not going to run out of resources. We'll still have gasoline. We'll still have coal. We'll have all these other things because why? The earth can take care of itself, always has been in the time when God put Adam and Eve here. He put enough in this earth at that time where we can have billions on this earth and forever and the earth will still sustain us because why? God made the earth to sustain us and the millennium will be the proof of that. 1,000 years of the reign of Jesus Christ and the earth will still keep producing food and all these other things. In fact, longevity will be given to these people that came through the tribulation. They'll live to ages of a, of a thousand or more. They're in that thousand years. They'll live during that time because why? Death will be removed. There will be times of death when Jesus will have to come against those who there'll still be some, there, there'll still be people coming against the Lord. Even during the millennium, people will rise up against the Lord and have to rule with a rod of iron on some, and in some cases, even capital punishment why? Because the nature of the flesh will still be here. And there'll be people, even without a devil, that can sin. And you understand this, even without a devil, you can sin as a Christian. It doesn't have to be the devil that did it. In fact, there's three ways that temptation comes to us to sin. The world, that's the system around us, our own flesh, and finally the devil. So without the devil and even the world system gone, people can sin from their own flesh. So at the end of the millennium, There'll be a group of people rise up and Satan will be released from it for a season just to prove one thing, he'll never change. 
People often say, well, why would God release him at the end of the millennium to prove to the entire world just before Satan is cast into the lake of fire with all unbelievers from all times to prove he will never, ever change. Even after a thousand years of perfect government, Jesus ruling, he still is in hell for a thousand years trying to figure out how can I do this again? What better could I have done to overtake Jesus? He's gonna be released. He'll round up these people on the earth and then one more battle will be fought of which Jesus Christ at that time, all battles will be over. And so again, he says in verse 13, he that endures to the end of the tribulation, those that are saved during the tribulation and managed to get to the end of the tribulation, they will be spared to go into the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. And verse 14, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations. And then shall the end of the tribulation come. I want you to notice verse 14 is a tribulational verse. Some of you right now just turn me off. Because what you're saying, no, no, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached and then Jesus will come. That's not referring to the church age. I believe it'll happen during the church age, but that's not a prerequisite for the coming of Jesus Christ for the church. It is not a prerequisite for the rapture. This verse is speaking of during the tribulation, this gospel of the kingdom. We are not today preaching the gospel of the kingdom, but during the tribulation, the whole essence is the kingdom's coming. Before the time the church age began, will you at this time return the kingdom? They were preaching the gospel of the kingdom, but when the church age was inserted after Daniel's 69th week, we now have the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of baptism, the gospel of salvation, the gospel, everything, but the kingdom is not the issue today. The church age, once the church is removed, then the kingdom will again become the major issue. This gospel of the kingdom, this gospel refers to Jesus saying, the one we are preaching right now, the church age hasn't begun, but this gospel, the kingdom will be preached in the entire world for a witness to all nations, and then will the end of the tribulation come which tells us during the time of the tribulation, God is going to shift into high gear to get the gospel into all nations. And there will be four sweeps of evangelism during the tribulation. First of all, the moment the church is gone, 144,000 Jews receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And they will preach during the first half of the tribulation. Also, during the first half of the tribulation, the tribulational saints, those who are born again by those 144,000 Jews and then take that gospel into the world, the tribulational saints will be preaching the gospel. Again, the 144,000 Jews receive Jesus, start spreading the gospel. Their converts, the saints that are born again under them, begin to preach the gospel. This is found in Revelation 14, verses 12 and 13. Then during the second half, God even shifts into higher gear and two witnesses are going to be sent to the earth. That will be Moses and Elijah. Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 through 14. Jesus gave a preview of this in chapter 7 of the book of Matthew. And during that time when Jesus was on the Mount of Revelation with the disciples and Moses and Elijah appeared, Jesus gave a preview of what he was looking like in his second coming in his kingdom. This is found in Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 through 14 the two witnesses. And finally, the last major sweep supernaturally 
During the time of the second half of the tribulation will be Revelation chapter 14, verses six and seven. Angels will come and preach the gospel at that time. Did you know angels preach the gospel in the Old Testament? But when the church age came along, now they stand back because they're hearing things they've never heard before. Even angels desire to look into the things we look into today. But when the church is taken out of the way, angels will again be preaching the gospel. Revelation chapter 14, verses six and seven. Again, during the tribulation, God shifts into high gear to win the entire world and actually supernaturally assisting all of those preaching the gospel by again, the two witnesses, the angels preaching, a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit to try to wrap this thing up before Jesus Christ comes back at the end of the tribulation and sets up his millennial reign for 1,000 years. Wow. When we come back next time, we'll take up the second half of the tribulation, beginning in chapter 24 and verse 15, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation. We'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.